want to take one second. I'm actually going to ask the worship team if you will stop playing for a second. You're doing a wonderful job. But I just, I want to ask. I just want to see. I, I, I was standing over there and I just wanted to see if we could still continue to worship him. I wanted to see if we could still continue to press in without their assistance. Can we still continue to press in without their assistance? Can we still continue to worship him? Can you still lift your voice? Can you think of anything to praise him for? Can you think of any reason to be what, what we would like them to be. They may not look the way we would like them to look, but I just have a feeling that there's something that you are grateful for, that there's something that you are thankful for, there's something that you know should not be, that is, only because of Him. I know it doesn't take the spirit to tell me this. I know that there are people out there who are angry. I know that there are people out there who are angry. And you might not even know why you're angry. You might direct that anger toward one thing or the other. But at the end of the day, when the one thing moves and so you move that and direct that anger towards something else and then that thing moves and then you direct the anger at that thing. At the end of the day, you begin to realize that you don't really even know why you're angry. Can I present to you that possibly the enemy is just keeping you in a pattern? The enemy's keeping you in a holding pattern. And as long as you will hold, he will not bother you. Seemingly, seemingly he will not bother you. Because you're in a holding pattern. Half of that was just simple knowledge. Half of that, I'm speaking to somebody. Somebody knows that they're angry. And the truth is, they don't even know why they're angry. I just a minute ago was ministering to somebody and this is this is what I know nine times out of ten when I'm ministering to somebody what I know is is that I'm, I'm speaking to a lie God has revealed that to me that Nine times out of ten, when I am ministering to somebody, I am speaking not to their situation. I'm not speaking to what's causing their sadness. I'm not speaking to uh, what's going on in their life. 
I'm speaking to a lie. I'm speaking to a lie that they have accepted, that they've allowed to take hold in their life. And the truth is, is I'm no different than any of you. I've allowed lies to take hold in my life. For instance, I almost accepted a lie right here, right now. I stood back there and, and God spoke to me and said, why are you not going and asking this person if they want to know me? And the thought that came to my mind was, they're not ready. If they were, they would, they would come forward and, and seek you. That's a lie. That's a lie. Because I can't tell you how many people, because they think that they don't need God, don't come forward. So basically what has happened is, is they've accepted a lie, Kelly, and then I turned around and accepted another lie that was attached to their lie. And then what happens is, is that person never comes to know Jesus because they don't need him. And if they were going to come, they would come. So I decided I'm going to come up and I'm going to speak to the lie. I wanted to see, number one, will we worship him? Will we continue to pursue him without help? If we don't pursue him, if we don't pursue him without help, what does that say? I'm confronting the lie. If we don't pursue him without help, what does that say? Does that mean we don't need him? Does that mean we don't know how to worship? Does that mean, like, let's confront all of that. When I don't feel like worshiping, I worship anyhow. But it's weird, Pastor Dwayne. It's not weird when he comes through for you. So why is it so hard to just say thank you and to recognize who he is and what he's done in your life? This is not me badgering you. Believe, please believe that. What I'm trying to, I am trying to assist you in speaking truth. God is good. God, you're, you're awesome. Now, I could go into why I feel that way, but that's not really for you. That's for me and him. But, God, you, you're beautiful. God, you're long-suffering. God, you're patient. Right now, I'm giving him worship because of who he is to me. But moving on from there, what if your struggle is that you can't worship, not because you don't have anything to worship for. Maybe you understand that. Maybe you've got that. But you're just not feeling it. I just don't know if this is it for me. I don't know if this is what's going to do it for me. I look around me. I look around me and I just don't see. I don't. 
can I, can I be, can I be honest with you? I just had a conversation. I look around me and I don't see anything worth doing this for. I understand that God has done some things in my life and that's all well and good. But what about all the other stuff? I want more. Where's the more at? Tom, where's the excitement at, Tom? Where's the, where's the, where's the stuff that's supposed to come with a life that is abundant? Let me ask you a question. Is there anybody there that has had stuff that is, is anybody here has stuff? Are, are you content, Tom, with your stuff? No, okay, I just, anybody else here, has anybody else here found contentment in your stuff? Wait, no, 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 okay, maybe, it's, it's people, it's people. Has anybody here found contentment and peace and joy in the person that you're next to every day of your life? I mean, have they have they just brought you joy continuously? I now understand what I'm I, I'm not trying to bring us to a depressed state. I'm circling around to something here, and that something is is that all that we don't have, all that we think we need. Really, only God is. So, it comes down to this. It comes down to this. And this may be a confrontation that some of you may not want to be a part of or hear. But it comes down to this. I'm gonna, I'll, I will present the lie to you. I will present the lie to you first. God is not enough. I want to tell you that I've I've accepted that lie so many times in my life. You're not alone. I'm not pointing the finger at you. But I really need for you to understand that that is a lie. God is not enough. What do you mean, Pastor Wayne? I've never said to God. I've never said that. Every time you run after anything more than you run after him, yeah. yes. that's, that's your statement in action. And don't get me wrong. I have justified that. I've justified that. Well, I've, I've got five kids. And there are things that my kids desire and want. So that means I need to have a better paying job. That means I can't spend all my time in service to God. I just can't do it. It's not real. It's not. It's, that's not real. That's a lie. Oh yeah, well, Pastor Wayne. Well, guess what? I bet you won't quit your job. You're right. I won't. 
but there are things about my life that none of you know. If I were to share, you would be surprised. You would be surprised. This is not about me, so I'm not going to share those things, but I guarantee you that you would be floored. And you still wouldn't, you probably still wouldn't give honor and glory to God the way he actually deserves it. I'm, I'm not trying to knock you. I do the same thing. I do the same thing. All I'm trying to say to you is don't believe the lie. He is enough. And, and if he's enough, then that changes everything. I'm not saying that that means that, you know, God's enough so I can quit my job. That, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I'm saying is, is that when God's enough, then your job is enough. That, that job is enough. Those clothes are enough. That car, it's enough. We're, well, Pastor Wayne, now are you talking about settling? I'm not talking about settling. That's not what I'm talking about. Don't miss it. Don't put any words in my mind. What I'm saying is, is that when we understand that God is enough, that he is peace, he is joy, he's all of that. When we understand that, then everything else is just subpar. But right now, everything else is everything, and he's subpar. And so we're living our lives chasing after, you name it, pick it, whatever it is, your thing that you're chasing, right? I just want to be in love. I want to find the one. I want to find a job that's going to provide for me and my family. I want happiness. I want joy. I want prestige. I want people to look at me to know who I am. That sucks because there's somebody that knows who you are. They made you. They made you. And what they said was that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. They call you a prince. They call you a queen, a princess. They, they call you God. Young people. You go to school week in and week out, and you are so concerned with what your peers think about you. What would happen? What would happen if you didn't care about what your peers thought about you? That scares you to death. That scares you to death. Because your peers not thinking about you in a certain way equates to invisibility. If they're not thinking about me in some kind of way, then I don't even exist. You would rather them to look at you sideways than to not look at you at all. But when they're looking at you, you want them to look at you in a certain way. You're cool, you're hip, you wear the right clothes, you wear the right hairstyle, everything is perfect. What about God? What about what he thinks about you? I know I'm saying a lot. But I'm just I'm just trying to find out what lie are you chasing down? 
in search of something that's not going to give you what you want. There are people right here in this room right now that have no interest in what I'm even saying. Because they're like, I don't even, what's the point? What is he even talking about? <clears throat> when you're hurt, when you're struggling, when you don't know what to do, you don't have answers, you feel incomplete, when you're alone by yourself and you're wondering, why am I even here? That's, that's when you need God the most. I want to pray. I want to pray for everybody in this room. You don't have to move. I will ask that you would give me your attention in this moment. I'm going to ask that you would give me your attention in this moment. I'm going to ask that you would pray with me. And I'm just going to pray one thing. I'm going to pray that God would destroy the lie in front of you. I'm going to ask God to destroy the lie in front of you. I'm going to ask that he would show you that lie and that he would destroy it. God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person, every person under the sound of my voice. God, I pray that you would give us eyes to see. In the name of Jesus, right now, I pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Holy Spirit, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Open our eyes. Open our ears. God, help us to see you. Help us to see your truth so that we can, without a shadow of a doubt, see the lie. So that we can hear the lie. In the name of Jesus and Holy Spirit, help us to deny the lie. Help us to set aside the lie. Help us to bypass, go around, get beyond the lie. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. My heart, my heart is so heavy. My heart is so heavy right now. I'm, I'm asking you flat out. 
I'm asking you flat out. Don't be afraid. Please don't be afraid. Nobody, uh, nobody here is going to judge you. But I want to ask you a question. Is there anybody here right now? Is there anybody here that's not living sold out for Christ? Is there anybody here not living sold out for Christ? Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. My question to you is this. And you don't have to answer me this right here. But my question is to you, why? What is, what, what is keeping you from living sold out for Christ? What? Is it the fact that you don't know who he is? I mean, I would love to have this conversation. I'm not even gonna lie. I would love to have this conversation because I, I really wanna know. I wanna know what, what could keep a person from knowing God and, and, and being completely sold out for him. I understand somebody knowing me and not being sold out for me. I get that. But God, how do you know God and, and not be sold out for him? So if it's the fact that you don't know him, then I get it. Can I introduce you to him today? If you don't know, if you don't know God and you're not living sold out for him because you don't know him, if that's you, if, if you're like, I just don't even know what you're talking about. If, if that's you, can you raise your hand? Okay, good, fair enough, love it. So, it's not the fact that you don't know him. What about, what about you're angry? Are you not living sold out for God because you're angry with him? Is that you by any chance? Fair enough. Thank you, thank you. Let's talk about that for a second. I'm angry with God. Now, see, again, this is going to seem like it's going to become a badger session, but it is not that at all. It is not that at all. But we, in order to, in order to talk about it, we have to address the lie, right? I'm angry with God. How can you be angry with God? Maybe because he didn't do what we expected him to do? He didn't come through. He didn't come through for you. He didn't meet the expectation. Something that you had an expectation for, he did not meet. That's, that's another reason to be angry with God. I can't think of another reason to be angry with God. Anybody? other than him not meeting the expectation that you have. So let's talk about the expectation because therein lies the possible lie. Where did your expectation come from? Did your expectation come from a place of, I deserve? Is it something that you feel you deserve? 
again, it's going to sound like I'm badgering you, but I'm not trying to badger you. I'm trying to bring us to a place where I'm just trying to figure out what is it that you possibly could feel like you deserve in this life and why? Why do you feel like you deserve it? If that's why you're angry with God. If you have an expectation that God's going to do something, give you a certain level of life, where did that, where did that come from? Can I give an idea? Can I give you an idea of where that came from? How about a commercial? Maybe? How about a movie? Maybe that expectation came from a movie. Could you ever imagine watching a movie and having an idea in your head that your life should be that way? Could you ever imagine that? The expectation that you have on God, is it realistic? Or is it part of the lie that's being built around you to discard God? If you feel like this is what you need, if the enemy has painted a picture of what your life should look like, and that is appealing, more appealing to you than the life that God has presented to you, well, if God doesn't come through, then I'm mad. I'm angry. And then gives the question, why should I live for you? Why should I even bother with this lifestyle? Because this lifestyle gives me what? Maybe you're angry because God took someone from you. Okay. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about God taking someone from you. I don't want to be insensitive by any means. This is not my desire. But let's talk about God taking some from you. Because we have to confront the lie. Before I do that, though, this question is for you. You don't have to answer, but this question is most definitely for you. The person that you lost, the person that you lost, did they know God? The person that you lost, did they know God? Because if they did, if they did, quick answer, is there any better place for them to be other than with him? Would you desire that they be here as opposed to there? If, he, if, if they knew God, why would you ever want them here as opposed to with him? And, and don't misunderstand what I'm saying to you. 
I understand you want them here because you love them and you want their presence. I get that. That's not what I'm speaking to. What I'm saying is, is that if they knew God, there's no better place for them to be other than with him. And you to desire that they be here instead of there. Well, that just feeds into our character. We're selfish. That I understand. But that's no reason to be angry with God. Because he actually did something that was caring and loving for you. He took the person that you love and you care for away from this place. Which is nothing but heartache and pain. There's no more growing old. There's no more sickness. There's no more pain. There's no reason to be angry with God for him taking that person if they knew him. If they did not. If they did not. I understand. I understand your frustration. But then I ask you this. Who do you know that if they lost you would be angry at God because you did not know him? Versus you knowing him and they can be joyous to know that you've left to go to a better place. And if that's the way we look at it, what if somebody would have said that to the person you lost? If they didn't know God, what if somebody had said to them, hey, maybe you should give your life to Christ because maybe you should live sold out and absolutely in love for, with God because that seals the deal. That seals your relationship. That's a whole nother conversation to have. I don't want to go off into that, but how many times and how often are we setting ourselves up to walk into that lie? Because the truth is, is that God did everything. God did everything so that any of us, when it's our time to go, we are going to be in the best place possible. If you don't believe in God, then who cares? But if you do, I'm going to say something about my sister. I don't think she'll mind. This is my sister. This is my sister, Tanyetta. She's my older sister. Some time ago, some time ago, she called me and she was crying. And she told me that I just don't want to be here anymore. It's not my desire to live here anymore. Here in this earth. I don't want to be here any longer. And I told her straight up, 
you're a punk. You know? Like you're you're a punk. So you're going to take yourself out. And what am I supposed to do? And here's the bad part of that. In the moment, she wasn't living sold out for God. So what does that do for me? That puts me in a bad place. But you know who I'm not angry with? I'm not angry with God. Because God has given her every opportunity. God has given her every opportunity to live completely sold out for him. So if that was the choice she made, then that would be her choice. My frustration would not be with God. My frustration would be with my sister because of the choice that she made. I couldn't be angry with God because he didn't give her enough time. I couldn't be angry with God because he didn't send enough people to preach to her. I couldn't be angry with God because he didn't present enough Bible to her. I can't be angry to God that he didn't meet her expectation of her life that she could have possibly got from a movie that she watched. Because the truth is, God has given us every opportunity. And the truth is a lot, of the, a lot of the choices, a lot of the desires, and a lot of the things that we want that appear to be a letdown when we don't get them is all of, a part of the lie that the enemy has painted for us. All for the purpose of setting us up to discard the one thing that will bring us peace, joy, love, and every other thing in our lives that we desire. Purpose, hope. And it all comes back to the lie. I will say this in closing. You may not have heard a lot of scripture today. And I, I regret that on some level. But I believe you've heard, I believe you heard the voice of God today. I believe you've heard the heart of God today without a shadow of a doubt. His heart is that you would have life and that abundantly. But what that looks like to you and what that is to him may be two different things. So I ask you, what are you doing to be able to separate the lie from the truth? so that you can understand and know what is a life of abundance versus what the lie says a life of abundance is.
my sister said, what does God say? What does God say a life of abundance is? Simple. It's a life lived in relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. And if you have nothing else, that's enough. But watch this. And this isn't, this isn't a selling point. It's going to appear like a selling point, but it's not. This is simply a promise. If you get that, the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all the other junk, it'll come. I tell you right now, I stand on this stage and you look at me. You give me your trust. You look at me, some of you, and you think, Dwayne's got it. He's living the life. Pastor Dwayne, man, I want what he's got. Young man came up to me just a minute ago. And he's like, man, when are you going to train me in basketball? That's funny to me. That's funny to me. And for those of you that know me, it would be funny to you as well. Why? I'm a basketball coach. I train people in basketball. I've never played on any team except for an intramural team in elementary. And the shot that I scored was in the wrong basket. But the basketball team that I coach just won a game 40, 46 to 8. They beat the team 46 to 8. The second basketball team, the second basketball game that I coached, they won 30. 6, 32 to like 16 or 17. And that was when I put my sixth grade son and two of his buddies in to play. Don't miss the point that I'm making here. The point that I'm making here is that I am who I am and I do what I do and you think that I am who I am and as great as you might think that I am, and all of that is because of one reason. One reason. It's God. If I pulled back the curtain, you're going to see little me back there with the knobs like the guy on Oz. <laughs> Close the curtain. Pull, pull back the God curtain. Because as long as that's there, you're going to see the great and powerful Dwayne. But even that's a lie. Understand what I'm saying. If the enemy has convinced you that I'm great because of me, that's a lie. Because now he's using me to get you to pursue something that's not even real. So what's the truth? I am who I am because God makes me who I am. 
I know what I know and I do what I do and I do it the way I do it only because God makes me that way. So if you want what I got, if you want to be on my level, as they say, then get to know my God. Because outside of that, I'm nothing. There are a lot of people out there that got a lot more than I do. They got a lot more than I do. Material-wise. Y'all back here. But you are rich in him. And you said what? Was that you that said that? Material. Yeah, material. She said what? Material thing. But you are rich in him. I ain't got no material things. I'm rich in him, though. So that's the message for today. Thank you, worship team, for ushering us in. Thank you all who decided to sit on the floor. Thank you. Thank you, George, for standing the entire time. Kevin, not that you had to by any means. But if you're here and, I, and, and you, you're not living sold out for God, and you want, like, if you want to talk about that a little further than what I just did, because my goal for you today is that you are living sold out for God. And living sold out for God, don't get it twisted. Don't, don't believe the lie. Don't believe the lie. Living sold out for God is not perfection. It is not perfection. But it is a pursuit of perfection. Hear me. It is not perfection, but it is the pursuit of perfection. And just in case you didn't know who perfect, who is perfect, perfect, it's Jesus. It keeps coming back to that. Please don't leave this place today. I don't need to say a prayer with you. I mean, I would love to pray with you. I would. If you don't know God as your Lord and Savior and you're not living sold out for him, then man, let's talk about it. Like, why not? And if you don't have a good reason, then let's change that today. Let's change it today and let's, let's, let's put our expectation in him to give us joy and peace. Let's change that today. Will you bow your heads and pray with me? Lord God, I just come into you right now, Father, and I thank you and I praise you. God, I thank you and I praise you for an unconventional moment in time. I thank you and I praise you, Lord God, that we could just, just grab a seat wherever in this place and just hear what you have to say, hear your voice. God, I thank you and I praise you that you use me as a tool. I am, I am no different than a rusty hammer hanging on somebody's wall. Thank you, God, that you would use me to shape, reshape, build, repair your people. God, I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice, that they heard the words that I spoke, Lord God, the words that I know were from your spirit, Lord God. I pray, God, that they would, that they would, that they would contemplate them that they would think on them and that, God, that we prayed a prayer that they would see the enemy, see his lie, 
that they would hear the enemy, they would hear his lie. And God, I pray, Father, that they would make a choice to turn away from that, that they would make a decision that you are greater. There is, there is greater in you than in the world. God, I pray right now, if there's anybody here that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, and they want to change that today, Father, I pray that you would hear, hear their heart right here in this moment, hear their prayer. If that's you and, and, and that's your decision, then please take a moment and just talk to him. Talk to him in your plane, whatever it is. Because it's, it's that simple. God, we don't always know. We don't always have it all right. But we need you. God, we want something different. We want something different. We're tired of the same old, same old. God, we're tired of chasing after what the world says is good, what the world says is right, only to be turned around and told a month later that it's no good, that it's not right. God, they call the church a contradiction. They, they say that we're two-faced. But God, man... They are so messed up. The ideas in the world that we live in, they're so twisted. One day they're wrong, the next day they're right. One day they're right and then they're made wrong. Like, God, we, we need you. We need your clarity. We need your truth. God, we want you. We want to live for you. Help us, Holy Spirit. Enter into our lives daily and help us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with sincerity in your heart, if you prayed along with me, if you just grabbed my prayer and said, I want that to be my prayer, then that's it. It's that simple. Now it's just a matter of, of walking it out. I just got finished telling somebody, the church is not here to replenish you every week. We're not here to fill you up. What we are here to do is to protect you, to give you a safe place where you can come, where you don't have to continue to expend and expel energy so that God can fill you up. Quick, quick object list, Tajay. Can you join me real quick, please? Amanda, can you join me real quick, please? Tanyetta, can you join me real quick, please? Ah, uh, you can do it. You can do it. She got bad knees. She in Jesus' name? No, she don't. In the name of Jesus. We praying. We praying. Okay. Step, take a step back. Take a step back. Right there is good. Take a step back. Right there is good. Okay, you take a step in. All right? This is the church. She's the church. I'm out here. Hold on, actually. Step over there for me. I'm out here, and I'm trying to 
hedge off the attack. Don't kill me, but come at me, please. Okay? I'm hedging off the attack. Look, they, they're nice. I'm hedging off the attack, right? Outside of the church, I'm constantly expelling energy. Constantly trying to protect myself, keep myself good. I'm, I'm reading my Bible, let's just say. Let's just say I'm a good Christian and I'm reading my Bible. Okay? But I'm constantly trying to keep the enemy at bay. Constantly. My mind is constantly trying to keep the enemy at bay. And then I go to church. I walk through the doors. I go inside that place. And I'm surrounded by people who love me. And in that place, what's going on outside of here doesn't get to me so easily. Matter of fact, it just really don't get to me at all because I'm surrounded by people who love me. I'm not drawing their energy. I'm not pulling from them. I'm just there to be surrounded. But I'm pulling from God. So the atmosphere that these young ladies presented for us here today was so that we could have the opportunity to pull from God in a safe place where we're not expelling energy to stay okay. That's why when you leave church, you feel better. It's not because of any one person in this room who makes me feel better. I'm not even coming here to pull energy from them. It's not because of Pastor Dwayne. It's because you came into a place where you're protected or you should be. Let me just be honest. You should be protected. You should be upheld, right? I'm tired. I'm feeling weak. And here, here I'm safe. I should be. Here, God can pour into me. That's it. If you accepted Christ today, walk with him. Come back to a place where you can be safe. To be filled up. Don't stop seeking him outside of this place. But keep coming here keep seeking him here with other people who might be going through some of the same things you are keep coming together holding each other up encouraging each other forward alright thank you for coming here to the body Dayton thank you so much say one more prayer Lord God be with your people minister to them as they leave protect them send your ministering angels love on them God, inspire them. Show them a future with you. Just Even if it's just glimpses, show them a future with you. I pray in the name of Jesus. We all said amen. God bless you all. Thank you for coming.